We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It's my last hour to Mexico. One of the reasons I'm going to Mexico is hopefully for a huge bust out. We'll talk about some bust outs that if you're a baseball fan, you hope to maybe see this summer. We'll explain it all in just a minute. We'll about to, uh, we're about to introduce you to Ray's spirit animal. I'm about to introduce Ray to his own spirit animal. But before we do that, I got one more question for you. Ten years from now, What do you think is more likely? First of all, let's establish some values. I don't know if you remember when you read the Forbes NFL valuation. Uh, I know you know who the most valuable team in the NFL is. Everyone does. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Do you know who the least valuable team is in football? I want to say that it's Cincinnati. You are correct, sir. The Cincinnati Bengals are 32nd in value. They're worth $3 billion still. What is more likely, Ray, 10 years from now? The Cincinnati Bengals, 10 years from now, are worth what the Dallas Cowboys are worth today. The Dallas Cowboys are first in value at $8 billion. Or the Dallas Cowboys, 10 years from now, are now worth $20 billion. What is more likely? The Bengals come from the back of the pack to where number one sits now, or number one goes from eight to 20. That's an interesting question because there was a story today in the Washington Post about the NFL considering changing its ownership rules to make it easier for the mega wealthy to buy teams. If you're going to get either of those valuations to rise that way, you're going to have to be willing to sell franchises to foreign oligarchs. Um, the, the Premier League uh, has, has already had you know, um, massive investments from the Middle East. It looks like Manchester United might be sold to the government of Qatar. So you're going to get those valuations if the NFL opens up its uh, qualifications and just says, well, we don't care if you're foreign born, just show us your wallet. They already established that they're willing to lean that way when they sold the Denver Broncos to, to Rob Walton. What if the, the government of the Qatar had bought the Denver Broncos? Did we just get a step closer to that first international Super Bowl? Um, probably not. Only because the one thing about new owners in the NFL, even ones with tons of money, is that they get into an old boys club that has its own rules. You would think that Rob Walton would have been able to walk in and start dictating terms on things. He's essentially at the back of the pack on committees, on influence. That's This is still Jerry Jones's league. Sure. And Jerry Jones is as old boy as it gets. And unless all those old boys turn their franchises over to either lunk-headed children or sell them to morons, I don't know how you overthrow what is the essential structure of the league, which is the longer you've been in, the better off you are. How would you bet Bengals going from thirty second from three billion to eight billion or the Cowboys going from eight billion to twenty? Which would you bet on? If you forced me to do one or the other, I'd probably say the Cowboys at twenty. But I think if the Cowboys are at twenty, the Bengals are at eight. So the math works out almost exactly the same in both directions. Yeah, and the I mean, reason why we know that is by going backwards. Like I said, if you want to even start to imagine where the league could be 10 years from now, look at where it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, 
the Dallas Cowboys were worth $2.3 billion. So more than doubling in value over a decade isn't just like to be expected. It's standard operating procedure almost across the board. Ten years ago, who do you think the least valuable franchise in football was ten years ago? Ten years ago, it was probably either Jacksonville or the Raiders. It was the Raiders. The Raiders were at $840 million, and thanks to a relocation to Vegas, today they're worth $5.1 billion. That is number nine on the Forbes list. So they had a relocation, which sorts of changes things, right? Well, the Jaguars, you're right. They were right at the bottom, too, worth $840 million uh, ten years ago. Today, Forbes has them at $3.47 billion, the 28th most valuable. So they're still at the very bottom. But, but, they, but with a new stadium, they've increased their value fourfold. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing that's going to raise everybody's values. I mean, because everybody's going to share the same amount of the next uh, media contract. 49ers went from $1.2 billion in 2013, which had them 10th. Now they're the 8th. At five point two billion, and what did they do? New Went stadium. To a new stadium. See, that's the thing that jacks up your your valuation more than anything else is when you have your own real estate, not just for the stadium, which really isn't the big cash cow. It's all the stuff around the stadium. There's a reason why baseball stadiums in downtown areas surrounded by other shops are only valuable if the owner can own all those shops too or demolish them and put in something else that makes money that's the key to what your value is because otherwise everybody's value would rise the same every time there's a new media rights deal well that's the thing so they are running out of so the new media rights deal won't be around for another decade and they don't need very many more stadiums so how um, do we, i wouldn't go that far well there, listen. Everyone who needs one kind of has one. The Atlanta Braves didn't need a stadium because they had one that was 15 years old. They got a new one. Right. That's They're, the way Atlanta works, though. But Atlanta is a tear it down. It's 25 years old city historically. Other cities are not that historically. Well, but you know what? Chicago Bears are ready to leave town, too, because they got a land deal. That's the next one. But look at it this way. Packers ain't moving. Vikings just got theirs. The Lions aren't going anywhere. So that's the rest of that division. There's one but, team that we really know is angling a new stadium in the NFL right now, and it's the Chicago Bears. It's only the Chicago Bears. No, it's not. Kansas City is looking around. Even with as good as Arrowhead is, they are looking at land in the state of Kansas. Everybody's looking for a new stadium because it's not about whether the stadium is new it's about whether you can get something better for more. Right, but the amount of new stadiums are like in the last, like it's, we're talking like new stadiums, an awful lot of them in just the last decade. I understand so it's that. Not, but so, so in the next 30 years, you're not going to be able to realistically pull that. We'd like a new stadium switch. You're going to want a new media deal. And the new media deal will be available. And that is going to be the source of revenue and the Super Bowls going behind a paywall and the playoffs. And But all that, all that is already, that's already sunk, sunk profits. They know they're getting that. The stadium is the thing that you don't have to share with your, with your fellow owners. Oh, I know. And I think you could be looking at a new stadium for the Giants and the Jets. The Jets might want their own place. Um, Baltimore might, might want a new stadium, even though their place now is perfectly good. It's not about how old they are. Commanders. Yeah. Oh, well, they always want one. Um, the um, Texas Rangers had a new stadium 15 years ago. They got a new one, like literally across the street from where they were. It's about give me something new or I will leave. And that it's it's a leverage play. If you can find somebody who will take an NFL team, and that shouldn't be hard, you'll get a new stadium out of most places. Ray, I'd like to introduce you to your spirit animal. He writes for Football Outsiders. His name is Mike Tainer. T-A-N-I-E-R. Tan Tanier. Oh, I didn't know it was sexy and Canadian. Tanier. I, I don't know if it's Canadian at all. I don't know if it is. I don't know. Well, I mean, whoever said sexy and Canadian. 
you'd be surprised. Oh, I just Pamela Anderson. We know where she's from. Toronto. Sneaky. Smoking hot chick town. Anyway. Uh the uh uh he he basically wrote a column that said brace for the following offseason nonsense. And then he ranked the nonsense ten through one. I want to share just a few points of the nonsense that he says we need to be bracing for. And Ray, tell me if this guy doesn't sound like someone that you would like to go grab a beer with. He starts with Washington Commander's ownership nonsense, coming in at number eight on his top ten. And he writes, Daniel Snyder is gelatinous ooze. He is so befouled every surface in the commander headquarters with his fetid slime trails that only other gelatinous ooze could find the environment anything other than poisonous. In other words, villainous wealthy cheese peckers either protect their own power and prestige at all costs, or they're just willing to sell to other villainous wealthy cheese peckers. No benevolent philanthropist is waiting in the wings to purchase the commanders. Only the demons we have not yet met. That means the following, the machinations of all the commander's ownership saga is like following the path of rotting meat through a digestive tract. The story ends one of two ways, both of which you'll only want to flush. This guy's speaking your language. I think he's being a little too kind. (laughs) I just love that, though. No, it's, well, I'm going to just say this, and I'm not trying to besmirch anybody, but... Danny Snyder is low-hanging fruit, or in this case, meat. Anybody who can't write that paragraph about that guy should get out of the business. Would you like to What else has he got? A little more local. Coming in at number five on his list of nonsense, you need not pay attention to this NFL offseason. He has Brock Purdy and Trey Lance nonsense. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Only the 49ers could build a quarterback controversy out of Diet Mac Jones and the football equivalent of an undiscovered animal. (laughs) That's because the rest of the 49ers are so good that either Spunky McWinner sauce or the speculative man could probably end up beating the Cowboys in a 2023 playoff game, spreading this offseason's nonsense across other years and teams like a whopping signing bonus. Still, the 49ers quarterback drama will rank high on the malarkey scale because anyone claiming to know if Purdy or Lance is any good is lying. Purdy threw flare passes to pro bowlers against teams whose coaches were benching quarterbacks for cost-cutting reasons or booking tramp steamer passage to Bora Bora. (laughs) Uh, Lance's scouting report is based on... North Dakota State University versus Nickel State cutups from four years ago that draft Knicks skimmed three years ago. We might as well be arguing about how many angles Debo Samuel could juke out of the head of a pin. Oh, and if Lance Purdy, if Lance Purdy and Stetson Bennett, who he called is the, the third string quarterback, he's saying Stetson Bennett, all get knocked out of games as the 49ers limp to the playoffs in 2023 when Kyle Shanahan orders backup tight ends to block Pro Bowl edge rushers anyways, we'll be talking about how the other team got lucky. Yes. That was he hit that. that that's, that's quality take. That was pretty good. Because it's absolutely right in all ways. I love the, I love the fact that he said, he, he calls, he calls, Brock Purdy, Diet Mac Jones, and Spunky McWinter Sauce. Yeah. Which is a great name. Spunky McWinter Sauce. No, and I think the only thing that would ruin his analysis of the 49ers is if he ever came here and saw them in person. I think distance makes it better. And long may his reign increase. Are you ready for a bit of off-season nonsense number three? Sure. This is Lamar Jackson nonsense. There's a way we wish NFL contracts work. Then there's the way they actually work. And then there's Lamar Jackson, who's decided to plop down in the middle lane at rush hour just to see what happens. Real logic states that Jackson holds precious little leverage and must proceed carefully if he doesn't want to cost himself millions of dollars. Dream logic states that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will give him a $300 million guaranteed contract next Tuesday because pay the man was just too persuasive of an argument for them to resist. 
Jackson speculation is no fun unless you pretend that franchise tags, risk benefit analysis, and running a distant third for once, implicit bias aren't real, and superhero movies just aren't as much fun when you start thinking about gravity. Turn off your brain and dream of Jackson triumphing over the odds, the doubters, and the economics if you like. Just don't pretend it's anything but fantasy. And fantasy, as we all well know, is well-crafted nonsense. In other words, we're going to talk about Lamar Jackson's future breathlessly, and he's going to be franchise-tagged by the Ravens. What are we talking about? Yeah, it's going to be a, a huge number, which they didn't want to pay, but they knew they were going to have to pay something. At least this way, they only have to pay it for a year until they have to face the decision yet again. So, yeah, yes, he nailed it. Finally, number two, which is connected to his number one, which is New York Jets offseason nonsense. And since you and I have which is talked and that's about a redundancy. That, exactly. Um, at number two, he's got Aaron Rodgers nonsense. We're only hours into the postseason and Rodgers has already locked himself inside a sensory deprivation tank in hopes of emerging with divine clarity or superpowers. There's nowhere to plunge except deeper into the rear of the man's rectum, folks. Rodgers is basically broadcasting that if he breaks his toenails clip, that he bakes his toenail clippings into brownies, yet Raider fans can't wait for Mark Davis to pawn his molar fillings for him, and Jets fans are eager to see what happens if they tossed his chunk of pure sodium into the Big Apple pressure cooker. Yeah, this he's good. Mike Tanier, Tan Tanier, Tanier, whatever. Book this guy for when I get back on March first. We need to get him and Ray lunch together, a couple cocktails. These well, let's not ruin his day. These two, the, the series. I thought I was reading you when I was reading some of this. He he'll he won't take that well. No, I the the thing is. The off-season has become, and this is true in all sports, more entertaining and better reading than the actual events. I mean, the games are, they're like a barely necessary burden for what people are really paying attention to, which is nonsense. Well, and the truth is, and we learn this the hard way, you know, with a lot of the conversations we have and a lot of things that we read... Most people watch football, and they don't understand it any more than quarterback through ball, head coach bad, this, this offensive line can't block. Yeah, spend more money. And that's it. Yeah. That's all they really, truly understand. That guy got burnt. I just saw it. He must stink. Yeah. What people do understand is off-season drama. They can really wrap their minds around a business negotiation because maybe you've done something similar at work, obviously at a much smaller scale. But it's more relatable for people to glom onto and report contractual business and human drama than trying to actually describe or understand what the hell we just saw in a football game. Oh, no. The, the national pastime of this nation is not football. It's watching other people's money burn. That's it. That's the thing we get off on. More than anything else, more than one-handed catches, more than bad calls by officials at, in late minutes of championship games, none of that matters as much as, holy crap, what did the Brooklyn Nets just do? We would rather pay attention to that, and that's the right thing to do, because that's the most entertaining part of sports now. Because when sports became more about the owner than it did about the player, this was the inevitable result. What do owners do? They spend money. Well, let's see them spend money as though they were superstars. And now they do. Now you get to see teams assembled and then disassembled in three years because the owner got sick of having to eat crap sandwiches. That's more fun than watching the Brooklyn Nets in any iteration of what they are. And it's the same is true of the Green Bay Packers. You could talk about Lambeau Field all you want. The most important thing the Packers, the most important bit of real estate the Packers have right now is that dark room that Aaron Rodgers is sitting in. Because that's what we'd rather know about. And that's the central truth of sports. It's not Stephen Curry's jump shot. It is, oh my God, how much money are they making with that arena? And in fact, in 10 years, they're going to want a new arena too. By the way, Joe Sheehan, as we sort of move away from football into baseball here, 
Uh, you talk about people just like to watch huge piles of money burn. Fans, I agree. Media, I agree. We have proof positive evidence that other owners do not agree about that. And this is something that should upset everyone listening who claims to be a baseball fan. Joe Sheehan wrote about the MLB tax and that the new baseball tax has totally given up what the real game is when it comes to these baseball owners. Joe Sheehan wrote, this December, uh, we got the manic pixie dream owner that Mets fans have been waiting for. The highest payroll in baseball by 80 million or 30%. And remember, they were going after Correa. So there really is no end to the New York Mets spending. It makes the Mets just the second team to spend more than $300 million on players after last year's Los Angeles Dodgers. With the Mets blowing past every single luxury tax threshold, their overall outlay is projected to be well above $400 million this year. And Steve Cohen is a maniac. Other owners hate this. The owners sense the possibility of this happening. When they negotiated a fourth tier of penalties into the new CBA, quickly dubbed the Cohan tax... The tier penalizes teams that go at least $60 million above the initial threshold of $233 million and at a 60% rate for every dollar above $293 million. So the Mets are now also subject to repeater tax penalties that raise each season's team as a taxpayer. In addition, the Mets watch their first draft pick get pushed back at least 10 places by exceeding the first threshold, they get less compensation for losing Jacob deGrom. In other words, as Joe Sheehan concludes, make absolutely no mistake about it. The owners have built a system designed to aggressively penalize teams that invest in their product and by contrast reward teams that do not. Yeah, because ultimately... Every sport is governed by the majority of its owners. In the NFL, they can't spend money enough because they ha- they don't have enough to count. They have too much to count. So that's not an issue. They can tamp down salaries just because the union's weak. Well, and there's In also baseball, a salary cap. I mean, well, that's... but they it, but they installed that too. I mean, they but they can they can work around it. They can do things. They can do whatever they want. In baseball, there are still more owners that want to make money without spending it. There are more guys like John Fisher and Bob Castellini and Bob Nutting and and Bruce Sherman in Why don't you, in tell, why don't you tell people who like are what teams those guys well, are Cincinnati to. and Pittsburgh, you could have you could have filled that in. The teams that never spend any money at all. The only team that doesn't spend money and succeeds is Tampa. Tampa. And that's only made the problem worse because now all these other teams that you know, are low spending, not low revenue, but low spending, think, well, we could do that too. We just need to hire more Tampa executives. That's what the Dodgers did. But they took those executives and they gave them money. So now the Dodgers are better than probably they've been since the 50s. On the other hand, most teams just say, oh, they're cheap. We just have to have a low payroll. And so they do. And so they don't succeed. The problem with baseball is they don't have enough guys like Steve Cohen yet because the, the, the draconian level of tax, which would deter a guy like Bob Nutting or Bob Castellini, means nothing to a guy like Steve Cohen. Well, not only does so, he have a bigger pile of money, but he's operating from the place of, I got to do this before my dad dies. He's in his 90s. He's a Mets fan. Like, that's... Part of the reason why he's going like, oh, give me Correa too. I just don't care. I I have a dying father I'm trying to win a title for. Well, but he's got the money to do that. And he would do it even if his dad was in the the pink of health. The fact is he's a guy who, that's that's how he operates. And the other owners in baseball think, well, we'll just raise the tax rate. So what? He'll pay that too. I mean, that's one of the reasons why NBA owners aren't keen on the guy down the road here. Because he's blown through tax rates cheerfully. You know, finally, he's at the stage now where he's saying, I'm paying more tax than I'm getting in talent return. This has got to stop. 
But that's the only thing that stops it. He wasn't deterred by a nine-figure tax bill last year. Because taxes don't deter a guy who wants to spend. That's And that's why the owners in baseball never get this right. They think it's about being cheap and clever. When, in fact, the best teams are rich and clever. And since you can't buy clever, if you don't have it, it doesn't matter what kind of money you got. So what are the Giants? Are they cheap and clever? Are they rich and clever? Are they rich and clever but not spending? Or maybe they not half as clever as they claim to be? They're not. They're, as, they're half as clever as they claim to be because their big plan was to build from the farm. Farm hasn't produced anything. So they've had to scramble with anonymity because they're also not spending. And even though they made runs at Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa, the Correa non-signing was instructive because they were at the finish line. That thing was done. And then they said, oh my God, I don't like the, I don't like the medicals. Get out of this. Rather than try to figure out a way to renegotiate the deal so that in case of catastrophe, there's a place, there's a way to break glass. They didn't do that. They just threw up their hands and said, ah, we're not interested. That marks them as a cheap team. Not because they lost on Aaron Judge, which they were going to anyway, but because they had a guy and bailed at the last minute. And that resonates with free agents all over the place. Corbin Burns, who just lost his... uh, his uh, arbitration case with the Brewers over seven hundred thousand dollars, you know, came out and essentially Wait, he lost. Pa- he lost, passively aggressively ripped the club for not you know for seven hundred thousand dollars, which is essentially twenty bucks in your pocket, and you make money. Didn't he have a really good year last year? How's he losing arbitration cases? I don't know. He lost. All right. Anyway, so he's unhappy now. And what did the what did the Brewers get for their seven hundred thousand dollars? Their best pitcher would love to get out right. as soon as possible. Now they're now you got a disgruntled employee who would have been just gruntled. That's penny wise and quarter foolish. That's not even penny wise and pound foolish. That's just ignorant. And I think that might be because baseball owners think that the values of their teams are going to drop because their their regional uh, television rights are cratering. You know, with the bal- with the uh, Bally's bankruptcy, not the Bally's bankruptcy, but the Diamond bankruptcy, which is part of Bally's. They're going, well, how am I going to make my money, you know, on my local TV package? 42, well, you're going to have to reinvent it, aren't 40, you? 42 pro sports teams are going to be reevaluating all options for their local broadcasting. This is 16 NBA teams, several baseball teams, and the only good news is that our network down the street here, the Regional Sports Network, isn't part of this about to file for bankruptcy network, not yet anyway. No, but NBC has been trying to get rid of their regionals for a while. In fact, at one point they were talking to Sinclair. I really think these leagues are going to bring it all in-house and there's going to be MLB the app. Yeah, I think they are. And then they're going to find out, you know, okay, how many people want to watch baseball on their phone? Oh, no, you still have it on your TV. Yeah, but if TVs are going out too... They've got to figure out something that they don't understand right now, which is the technology of the future. Uh, Ray, I am off to Mexico. I am going to be uh, going to what I think is the perfect vacation for my wife and I. My mom and my sister come along. The boys come, and it is a beach, Mexico, all-inclusive, pool, all the stuff that I really don't even like about Vegas. I'm not much of a beach guy, not much of a pool guy, not much of a let's lay out by the under the sun, get a tan, because I just burn guy. I'm just, it's not my thing. But I like this stupid band called Fish. And Fish is playing on the beach four days of this vacation. So it's the perfect vacation in the day for my family. And then for me at night, it turns into my perfect vacation. I'm not asking anyone to like fish. I'm not asking anyone to understand fish. But I will tell you that when you go to such an extravagant fish show, the one thing that you're guaranteed is a bust out. Maybe a song that they haven't played in 20 years, 30 years. Oh my God, they haven't played Destiny Unbound. And then... You know, in 2003 at Uniondale, they, they busted it out for the first time in 20 years and the place went nuts. 
They haven't played the landlady in the 20 years. Well, they played the landlady last night. You should have been here, Ray. They played the landlady for the first time in 20 years. This is the stupid nonsense we go to Mexico to hope to see. I haven't played that song since the Baker's Dozen back in 2017, man. That's big. That's awesome. I'm glad I was there to see it. The rarer the song is, the grander the bust out it is. Now, we've been sitting here crapping on baseball, its owners, its culture for a while. If you're a big baseball fan, which I am, what you go to the park to hopefully see sometimes is a little bit of history. Something that isn't seen every day. Ray, I have, well, it really wasn't my work. I've copied and cut and pasted the work of a stat head named Jay Kuda. And Jay Kuda has put together the holy grail of individual bust outs that you could actually see at a Major League Baseball game. No team totals here. These are individual performances that you could possibly see what is the rarest singular individual performance you know you might say well what about a perfect game well a perfect game has happened 23 times which is a big old crooked number compared to some of these other things would you like to hear what the other things are you don't have to ask me if i would like to hear it i'm going to end up hearing it right would you like to participate in this segment like a good co-host uh i always do would you care to guess what the rarest individual feat you could possibly see at a baseball game may be? Uh, a five-homer game. No, but it is in maybe around the ballpark of that. I don't think anyone has ever in the history of Major League Baseball hit a five-home run game. So it's no. never happened. No, well, you, you said it was rare, so I'm, I'm shooting the moon. What if I told you it was accomplished by Fernando Tatis and it came off of Chan Ho Park? The slowest hit <laughs> off the bat? <laughs> no. Two grand slams in one inning. In the history of Major League Baseball, it's happened just one time. One player hit two grand slams in one inning. Fernando Tatis goes deep off of Chan Ho Park down at Dodger Stadium. Only 13 players can even lay claim to hitting two grand slams in a single game. Including one pitcher. But one inning. Who's the one pitcher? Tony Cloninger. Nice job. Good pull. So that is the rarest of feats. The rarest of individual feats that you could see in a game. Let's. Shall we keep going? Sure. Uh, we got eight minutes till we have to sell things to people. Exactly. It's probably not something that you'd want to see, but it's rare indeed. Four ground into double plays in the same game. It's only happened two times in Major League Baseball history that a player has grounded into four double plays in the same game. Three hits in the same inning. This is rare indeed. It's only happened three times. Grand slam. In a first career at bat, I mean, whenever the band busts that one out, it's pretty exciting. It's only happened four times in the history of Major League Baseball. 20 strikeouts in a nine-inning game, it's only happened five times. I got to see one of them, Kerry Wood. Three times caught stealing in the same game. It's only happened six times. I'm guessing if you get gunned out twice, you usually don't go after that third stolen base, so that's why. That's got to be a fairly old one. Three sacrifice flies in a game. Now, that to me doesn't seem completely almost borderline mathematically throughout all the games that have ever been played throughout Major League Baseball unapproachable. It is. I mean, I guess you need... It's dependent on a runner standing on third. Yeah. But three... No one has ever hit four sacrifice flies in one game. Three has only happened 11 times in the history of baseball. Two grand slams in the same game. Again, we've already told you, that's 13 times. How about a perfect game? Lost on the 27th batter 14 times. It's more rare than the perfect game, as a matter of fact. Yeah. An unassisted triple play 15 times. A four home run game only 18 times. The single most exciting sporting event I think I've ever been to is Matt Cain's perfect game. Because it's just nothing builds like a perfect game. You know that you're in for something that is either going to happen in front of you and you have just witnessed history or it didn't happen. Matt Cain 
in his perfect game, is still one of the most remarkable. It's it's it it it. it I put it up there with the NBA Finals. I got to see. I mean, it's 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 going to the Super Bowl. It's better than all of it because there's a there's a Super Bowl every year. There's an NBA Finals every year. Who knows when we'll get another perfect game? There's only been 23. Uh, a home run on the very first career pitch you see, only 31 times. And now we start getting into the hundreds. An immaculate inning. Nine pitches, nine strikes, three strikeouts. It's only happened 110 times. It is a rare pitching bust out, should you be lucky to see it. Happened to the Giants 26 times last year. (laughs) (laughs) A home run in his first career at bat. That has happened 133 times. An inside-the-park Grand Slam, 224 times. It's a big number for an inside-the-park Grand Slam, but there it is. No hitter, 318 of those. And then something that I thought wouldn't be as rare as it is, especially at the ballpark down the road. Guess how many cycles there have been in Major League Baseball history? For those of you who are not caught up in your baseball lexicon and sayings right now. A cycle is a single, double, triple, and a home run all in the same game. Guess how many there have been? I mean, I would have I would have said there's been at least a thousand cycles. I would say about four hundred. God, you're 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 in the ballpark. Three hundred and thirty nine cycles in the history of Major League Baseball. I remember the ones that I've seen. That's kind of how rare they are. I remember uh when I was covering the Giants Nolan Arenado hit a, a cycle off of them. They don't cycle very often. And it's funny, too, because they actually got a ballpark that you think would lend itself to the cycle. Because the hardest part of the cycle isn't the home run, the double, or the single. It's the triple. And that ballpark feels like it's going to give up more triples just based on the way it's laid out than most. Yeah, but it's lousy for homers. It is lousy for homers. You're right. You'd, you'd have to basically need a right-handed hitter who found the gapper, you know? Um between the New York Gothams, the New York Giants, and the San Francisco Giants, the Giants as a franchise have 23 individual cycles, which is the third most in Major League history. The last San Francisco Giants player to hit for the cycle? You want to wager a guess? Kurt Manwaring. Incorrect. You weren't even trying. No, I wasn't. Uh, Pablo Sandoval. 2011, the last giant to hit for a cycle was Pablo Sandoval in 2011. He did it at Coors Field, where Fred Lewis also once hit for the cycle. And Fred Lewis, Ray, I'm sure when I was hosting Sports Phone, you were covering the Giants back then. You would listen to my show on the way home every single night. And that moment is the night that I got the Fred Lewis soundbite that I played to death. I'm just trying to go yard. I will flat tell you, I never heard your show, and the reason why I didn't hear your show is because I was in the clubhouse doing work. Not until midnight. Oh, easily. By the time you're done writing, it's a rare rare writer who is there, who leaves before midnight. Well, you should have typed faster because the show was freaking awesome. Well, I'm just telling you why I I was busy. Fred Lewis. But, but Freddie Lewis, I'm just trying to go yard. But I'm Two surprised times. I'm surprised there aren't more at Coors, because Coors is the one place where you can hit the triple and the home run fairly easily. Guess how many cycles there have ever been at twenty four Willie Mays Plaza? No matter what they called it, Pac Bell Park, Oracle, SBC, whatever. Guess how many there have been in that ballpark? One and by the other guy on the other team. One and it was by the guy on the other team, but he's also our guy. Eric Burns. Eric Burns, one of his claims to fame, has the only cycle in the history of 24 Willie Mays Plaza. And I'm sure Eric would like you to know that he also went five for five that day. He didn't just stop at the cycle. And he will tell you if you get a chance to see him. The last A's player to hit for a cycle? You'll never guess this. Like, I could literally bet you a mortgage payment. You'll ne- never, no chance you will come up with the last Oakland day in 2007 to hit for a cycle. Tony Phillips. Mark Ellis. Yeah, that was it. 17 cycles, by the way, in A's history. That's the fifth most of all time. What's really incredible, I, by the way, in case you didn't know, uh, I went down the cycles rabbit hole this morning. <laughs> yeah. As I was preparing this segment. Hey, I'm on vacation until March 1st. 
the no, fact, that, not, I, you the get fact to do- that I even prepared a five o'clock hour and just haven't put my feet up and given the phone number and mailed it in El Postino, Gary Radnich style. I, I'm not holding this against you. This is, for, oh, by the way, Tiger Woods is going to make the cut. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Tampons for everyone. He apologized for that today. Why? It was a joke. Because he felt he had to. It was funny. That's uh, a, that. It was his apology, not mine. Right. Um, look it up, kids. I don't even want to get into it. There are certain topics I wanted to get into today. That wasn't one of them. Uh, in the entire history of the San Diego Padres, they've been playing baseball since 1969. They've only seen three cycles. Padres fans. Every single Padre fan that has ever lived, breathed, or had a moment on this earth has had a, an opportunity to see three cycles. The White Sox. This is what this is the single most amazing cycle stat I have for you. Ray, true or false, the White Sox have been playing baseball for a little while. Since the 1870s, I want to say. 1901. The White Sox. Oh, that's right, yeah. The, the White, Cubs were 1876. That's right. The White Sox have existed since 1901 in the history of the White Sox. They've only hit six cycles. That is, I couldn't believe it. it was as rare as it actually is. Yeah, but they did throw one World Series, and they've been accused of throwing another one. One of the drunkest I've ever been in my life was at Wrigley Field the day Mark Grace hit for the cycle against the San Diego Padres. Hammered. Your boy was hammered that day. I was. That's not. That's not an unusual development in the history of baseball. It was not an unusual development. What we do have is an unusual development for any San Jose Shark. Yes, I will end this show with the San Jose Shark segment that you actually want to stick around for. So do that. That's how we're wrapping up this afternoon. Damon and Rado. We're brought to you by AC Transit. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. So, uh, thanks very much to everyone who is uh, written in on the text line on the Otis Bird the Third chat line saying, have a nice little vacation. I plan on it. Thank you so very, very much. And the good news is, Ray, while I'm gone, the chances of breaking news happening, like, I don't want to say it increases tenfold. That's a little bit dramatic. But it, it certainly goes up. Something usually happens when I'm gone that constitutes major Bay Area sports news any inkling as to what you might be gifted with while I'm out between, well, six minutes from now and March 1st. 49ers sue Santa Clara for a new stadium. Oh, boy. that's I might have to get on an airplane to come back for that. No, 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 no. Once you're there, you're there. Your wife will beat you with a stick to keep you from getting to the airport ahead of time. I'm not going to try to get to the airport ahead of time. I'm going to stick around. I'm going I'm to enjoy a little Mexico. I can promise you that. Tequila, yes. Micheladas, no. I never said this beer could use some tomato juice in it. Never. Um, I, I, I have one or two more things to get to here. And then that's it. Uh, win totals. Everyone loves a win total. Major League win totals, Ray. Where are you putting your money? Dodgers, 96 wins. Over, under. Under. Houston, 95 and a half. Atlanta, 95. Those are the three biggest totals, by the way. And the two smallest are? So, Don't look. Un- 
Well, no, I don't have the two smallest. I got the smallest. It's the Oakland A's are going off at 60 and a half. Yeah. Washington at 61 and a half. A's got to be better than 60 and 102, right? You would think. I mean, look, they now have a fully anonymous team, but there are a few guys on that team that are highly prized by people who pay attention to prospects. So I, I think 60 is probably a little modest. Shay Langoliers. Just because he's the only A you know doesn't mean he's automatically the best A. Shay Langoliers. Okay. You want that Langoliers jersey, kids? Shay Langoliers night. Let's go. Get on Bart. Bart, and you're there. Shay Langoliers. Yeah. They got to figure out a way to get the boat there. Your National League West win totals. Again, the Dodgers are at 96. The Padres at 93 and a half. Speaking of which, the Giants. Oh, yeah. The Giants are at 81 and a half. Yes. Manny Machado says he's going to opt out at the end of this year. Hey, I can't wait for the Giants to be in the Manny Machado conversation just to watch him resign with Baltimore. I believe they'll be second. They usually are. By the way, the second greatest San Jose Shark of all time, that's easy. That's fine. That's right. The first greatest San Jose Shark of all time will be the first to have his jersey retired, Ray, Saturday, February 25th, as the Sharks are hosting the Chicago Blackhawks. Number 12 goes up to the banners. The first ever number retired. Patrick Marlowe's number is getting retired by the San Jose Sharks. Um, that, that's impressive, and it's quite an honor. It truly is. I bet it's the one thing that is going to mean an awful lot to him. Um, it's the wrong guy, but it, yeah, it, good for him. It's absolutely not the wrong guy. No, it is. No, it is not the wrong Joe guy. Joe Thornton. No, Joe Thornton was not born a San Jose Shark, and he doesn't even come close to holding the amount of franchise history in the palm of his hand that Patrick Marlowe does. And Joe Thornton doesn't even come as close to Patrick Marlowe in terms of holding NHL history in his hands. Patrick Marlowe has played more games than anyone else in the history of the NHL. That counts for something. He's played more games. He is the Sharks' all-time leading scorer, points holder, he has the record for game-winning goals, power play goals, shorthanded goals, and shots. He became the youngest NHL player in NHL history to play a 1,000 games with one team, and that happened all the way back in 2011. Joe Thornton might have technically been better, but he wasn't the more important San Jose Shark oh, no, he was in the history of the franchise. Well, the collectively, neither of them won anything. Yeah. So you can take who is more important and stick it in the neither of them did it. They should They should both have their jerseys retired is my point. I don't well, want to I take anything away from... I bet you Joe Thornton will one day. But you don't want to retire two jerseys on the same night, Ray. We wouldn't let you plan a picnic, much less a jersey retirement. Why? The 10,000 people that are going to be there will get twice the thrill. No, you don't want to do that. You're going to have to sell Joe Thornton night. And by the way, Patrick Marlowe Day, Patrick Marlowe Weekend, Celebration Day Marlowe. Is all these stuff is happening Celebration around Celebration Day Marlowe? Yeah, yeah, it's all happening around Patrick Marlowe. Look, he was the number two pick of the 1997 draft. He was born a shark. He gets it first. He gets his number 12 retired first. And Joe Thornton can have his day in the sun another time. But he is rightfully and correctly identified as the first person to get this honor. Come on. Nah, it's wrong. It's just wrong. Thornton was clearly more important. They didn't become a real team that made the playoffs all the time and had two deep runs without him. If, Mar if Thornton never shows up here, Marlowe's an afterthought. An afterthought. He's played more games than anyone in the history of the league, Ray. You heard me. I said afterthought. Yeah, well, you're one of those guys who didn't know enough about hockey to complain everything that went wrong with the Sharks must have been Patrick Marlowe's fault, and he's soft, and he doesn't take a lot of hits. No, I never did that. He's a, he's a sensational player. He's not the most important Shark. He's second, but he's not first. Well, he's first to get his number retired, and it's well. The right then they way got it wrong, it. and they should apologize to me. I tell you, if I were Whitey, I wouldn't let you plan a damn thing for next week. Scott just... Hannon, get your ass up! No, not Scott Hannon, Scott Emmert. Scott Hannon played for the Sharks. Scott Emmert owes me an apology right now. Get it right. I did. You're going to be getting hey, it right you know next week with Whitey Gleason, two to six. You got an extra, and I go on vacation, and on Monday you get an extra hour.
Don't tell me there isn't a God. Oh, guess who's working by himself at 5 o'clock? Whitey, I think he's only coming in from 2 to 4. Spo- sports don't build character, they build drain pipes. When I'm sliding down one at five, I do three hours and that's it. President's Day on Monday, you got Larry Kruger and Alan Stiles from six to ten, Willard and Steiny from ten to two. Everyone lets me just text me and let me know if Ray's lived up to his professional obligation as sitting actual full time co host of this show. Um, I better get a good report card on you. If I come back, you're in trouble, mister. (laughs) My dad owns this school. You just work here. Stick around because the one and only Mark Grandy is hosting the best of, I believe, our conversations with Albert Breer, Ramona Shelburne, and a crossover from earlier today are all part of the upcoming best of. Lucas, I'm going to miss you. Grandy, I'm going to miss you. You. Don't even finish the sentence. I'll see you on March 1st. Uh, unless there's a God. Sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.